Welcome to the Get Out and Try podcast. I'm your host, Katie Axel. This next interview is with Corey from Coriander Living Collective. You may have seen Ecstatic Dance posted on GetOutAndTry.com. Well, Corey is the leader of those classes. We talk about that, plus a whole bunch of other things that Corey's offering for you to get out and try. Enjoy. Welcome, Corey. Thanks for being on the Get Out and Try podcast. Can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, yes. Thank you, Katie, for inviting me. I just I love what you're doing. I've always been a person who really enjoys a variety of activities and things, and people laugh at me that I, I keep lists of, like, restaurants I want to try or activities or events. Um, and so I just think you're, you have such a great community resource that's out there, this curated list of things to do in the St. Croix Valley. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So, yes, my name is Corey Hildebrandt. I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a mediator, a conflict consultant, and the owner of Coriander Living Collective that's based out of River Falls. Um, it's a business. I, I moved into full-time self-employment in September, and so it's something that I'm working on building, and I have different phases and dreams moving forward with it. Let's talk about psychotherapy. I feel like when I read that, there's a societal stigma with it. Maybe not as much anymore, but can you talk a little bit about what psychotherapy is and who psychotherapy is for? So I think a lot of people use the term psychotherapy and counseling interchangeably, but in my mind, there's a difference. And so really the word psycho, it actually talks, it just means soul. And so really, if you think about it, it's like soul therapy. Like it's this deep root level kind of therapy work. Um, Therapy meaning like healing change. Um, So I think about psychotherapy as like, it's more like this root intervention when you're trying to get to what's the underlying root cause of how come things maybe aren't functioning in your life the way you'd like them to be, or how come, you know, you are the way you are. Um, What is it that you, you need to feel alive, to be able to expand, to fully engage in living? And I think about counseling as something that's a little more directive and more like short-term solution focused. So this idea of, you know, say, say like, for example, you're having like high levels of anxiety. So counseling might be a way to offer you like tools. So you might learn like breathing techniques, um, strategies, trying to change thoughts. I feel like if you have anxiety and you take more of a psychotherapeutic approach, it's going to be looking for like what's the underlying root cause. of your anxiety like is it connected to a traumatic experience that you had in childhood is it connected to some kind of family value or something that happened in utero or and then centering interventions around that got it and I know does that make yeah it does make sense and it's funny because you know not funny but interesting I guess is a better way to put it when you say psycho means soul and in society we are certainly not taught that when we use the word psycho it's used as a almost derogatory term or or a way to put people down yeah and now I think of the word psycho people probably have more of a connotation of it something to do with your mind yeah and so definitely I mean the field of psychology has to do with with thinking and, and such as well but yeah I feel like they're like if you go back in history there definitely was more of this interest in like a soul based kind of knowing and like that kind of nurturing spirit and like you're not well in not so much the mind but maybe you're not well in like with your soul with your spirit mm-hmm. and for some reason there's been more of a shift in the last decade like mm-hmm. I would kind of say people that have probably went to school for therapy probably like the 60s or 
like 60s, 70s later, they've been trained more, like more, now it's very common to be trained as like a cognitive behavioralist therapist is pretty much the focus mm-hmm. for people coming out of training programs. Um, but pre that, I feel like it was more of a psychotherapy kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Now you do some really interesting things in your practice and you take a more holistic approach. Can you talk about the EMDR therapy? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I'm a certified it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. And so it's a therapy that originally was, um, it's highly evidence supported for use with treating trauma and post-traumatic stress, but it also has a lot of uh, applications to other types of symptoms and complaints. Um, and I, what I really love about it is I feel like talk therapy can be very helpful and supportive, but at some point there's a limitation to it where there are so many things that we store within us that aren't stored in a cognitive type of way. Um, maybe they're stored more in a body way or an emotional type of way. And I feel like EMDR is a way that can access um, not just your thoughts, but it access like emotions and sensations and beliefs and all these ways that we store memory. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think EMDR is like a wonderful philosophy that I'm able to use and, and assist clients with. Do you find yourself recommending that quite a bit for a lot of the clients that come in? Yeah, I would say like over, at least over half of my clients are like actively using EMDR. Mm-hmm. Um, or working towards being able to use it to reprocess trauma memories or just kind of things that they're stuck on. So there's different phases to EMDR, and a lot of people, when they talk about it, they think about this piece where we, we call it like the reprocessing, where you apply bilateral stimulation. And so whether that's through eyes movements or like tactile, like tapping, it's like a right, left, right, left, right, there's an auditory component too. But yeah, so a lot of times there, there could be there could be like a couple of sessions of preparation before getting to the reprocessing phase, or there could be, I mean, I've had clients that I've worked with for years on stabilization and resourcing before they're ready to reprocess because during the reprocessing phase, really what we're doing is we're touching on a very like intense emotional experience. And so being able to like regulate and stay present with that, but still like touch on it. So it's kind of like one foot in the past and one foot in the present. Got it. It's such an interesting thing to think about that your eye movement can unlock a lot of the things that have to do with anxiety and trauma and the things that you carry with you from such an emotional state. Yeah. Yeah, it is super fascinating. And so do you work with kids as well? I do work with kids. I'll do kind of like 10 plus. I'll work with individually. If it was something under 10, a lot of times more it makes more sense to work with parents around kind of parent coaching and strategies. Yeah. Unless, like something like EMDR, like if there's a, a younger child that suffered, um, especially like a single incident trauma of some sort, like say they were in a car accident or something like that. I mean, that's something I definitely do work with. Now, let's talk about some of the fun stuff that you have offered through Inspiring Actions. So in the past, I think it was around this time last year, I started hosting aesthetic dance classes. And then when the pandemic hit, we had to take a pause from those. But I started offering, again, um, workshops that incorporate some movement pieces to it. It's it's not full-on aesthetic dance, but it'd be like a little taste of it. 
Okay. And so for someone that has never taken a dance class and, you know, doesn't doesn't know what to expect at all from something called ecstatic dance, what would you yeah. tell them to expect? It's basically, so what I've caught, and I think the word dance is off-putting for some people that are don't identify as being dancers, which I don't either. I'm, I'm not a dancer, I wouldn't say. But what it is, it's basically meditative free-form movement just intuitive movement, like listening to what your body's calling you to do. And so in a class, I will give prompting and there'll be some guiding. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's also space for like free exploration of movement. And so like in a static dance workshop, like a large portion, like in a two hour class, like an hour and a half of it is free form dance movement. And so I design like a, a playlist in a way that it kind of takes you on a journey where I think about designing it like in a wave where it starts off like slower and quieter and then it like builds and kind of has this climax and then like a settling kind of ending. Nice. So when you have people that have never done this before, I would have Mm -hmm. to imagine, you know, if you get a group of friends, there's like this human component to us where it's weird, it's different, not and not weird in a negative way, but like just different and something that we've never done before. Um, and so try not to get the giggles or anything like that. But what what is the mindset to go into this with if it's someone that it, this is totally foreign to? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I call that out and we talk about that before we move in. We talk about kind of there's like agreements on the floor and then I talk about if there are any like concerns, questions, um, and really just encourage leaning into our vulnerability, like leaning into the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, it's very normal that people feel, yeah, like unsure, self-conscious. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I love about it is once you can push past that discomfort and that vulnerability, I really think what people find on the other side is just, it's like magic. It's like this openness and it's this creative space and there's a lot of yeah, really like interesting things that happen for people when you can just kind of push through or sit with that, be with that discomfort and just literally move through it. Mm-hmm. I think this idea, you know, meditation has been such a buzz thing or mindfulness. Um, but for most folks, I mean, it's incredibly challenging to think you're going to just sit down and observe your thoughts <laughs> or be, you know, <laughs> yes. um, you know, just focus on your breathing. Um, and that's one thing that I love about more movie, movement-based meditation is for a lot of people, that it, it creates an easier access to that meditative space. Yep. And so, too, you can think about these dance movement classes and modalities and workshops as opportunities where it's, the other day I saw something saying where it's literally it's like a cardio workout plus meditation. And, I mean, it really is. That's what it is. But mm-hmm. it also... Yeah, it offers the opportunity. It's a great stress release, like whatever emotions you're carrying with you. Like I think about emotions, emotions are really just their their movement in the body, their energy, right, moving in the body. And so they're always moving. They're not, you know, typically stuck. They change. And so it's like if we, if you're feeling really angry or really stressed or really fearful about something, mm-hmm. and you literally dance, you move your body, like they will shift. Yeah. Like you will feel different. When you came across Get Out and Try, you and I had met, and you immediately understood what I was going for with this with this brand, with this uh, movement, and understood that I'm looking to call to action people to get out and try something locally in the community, push yourself beyond the boundaries, 
And as a professional, can you talk about what that does to the human body, what it does from a health perspective? Yeah, so I love, I mean, I very much embrace your message in my life, um, and I encourage that. It's for a lot of my clients. And so if you think about it, like, um, really, there's research that supports this idea of novelty. So anything that's, like, new to us, that there are benefits. That usually people that seek novelty in their lives, they're happier and they live longer. Um, And some of the reasons behind that would be that when we do novel things, it's stimulating, right, to our system. And so it stimulates memory centers and motivation centers and creativity. And we get a rush of dopamine, happy hormones. Um, A lot of times those experiences offer the ability to connect with other people, which to me, like this idea of belonging is such a core human need. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the belonging you may find in going to a class or an event, um, yeah, I just see all around. It's just like these novel experiences are so engaging for us as humans. Yeah. And it looks like you also have a blog that people can stay up to date with you and see what you're up to. Yep. So I try to put out a weekly blog post um, with information and advertises events, just kind of thoughts, um, some like educational pieces and like tips around mental health and wellness. You know, as far as workshops, I'm hoping as, so at Inspiring Actions, we are doing in-person workshops with COVID protocols in place. Um, And so we have one coming up February 14th and also April 11th. And those are in-person. The last one I did was completely booked. So I feel like people are more comfortable, some folks, with doing in-person things. Yep. Um, Yeah, and my hope would be to be able to offer more workshops and hopefully a retreat of some sort this summer where they could be in-person And so if someone wants to book individual time with you, they can do that through your website. Yep. So it's CoreyAnderLivingCollective.com. I'll link that up in the show notes too. And what were you going to say? I am currently, oh, I was just going to say, I currently am accepting um, a few new clients. So I have for either clients in Wisconsin or Minnesota, teenagers or adults. Um, And so if anyone has an interest, definitely explore my website and if they have questions they can contact me through my website so this idea just going back to the idea of novelty yeah and so I think as humans like so there's a benefit to that but then you also have that sometimes there can be trying something new there can be a lot of anxiety or fear around that for some folks and so yeah I was just going to offer like if that is something that any of the listeners that they feel like they're held back from trying new things by anxiety or fear, that would absolutely be something I'd be happy to support them around. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Get Out and Try podcast. I'll be sure to link up all of your information in the show notes, and hopefully we can see you at some of the events that you're offering through Inspiring Actions, as well as hopefully in the future, one of your retreats. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much.
That wraps up this episode. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Corey with Coriander Living Collective. Check out the show notes to visit her site and then also learn more about all that she's offering. Don't forget to check out our Sledding St. Croix Valley series. You'll find it as a playlist on both Facebook as well as YouTube. And when you're done there, check out the website, getoutandtry.com. You're going to find over 100 businesses listed as well as their events and happenings. And if you are a St. Croix Valley business owner and you're interested in becoming a local episode sponsor or collaborating on a sledding video, send us an email. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information as well as all of the links to keep you connected to Get Out and Try St. Croix Valley. Until next time, find some ways to connect with your community, support the hardworking small businesses that host all of the fun in the valley. Go, get out and try.